Hey gang, Hydroberg here. Tonight we have a special guest joining us, Seth from the Bean Dub Podcast. He's going to chip in his two cents to help us scrape together our thoughts on the 2011 Canuxploitation film, Hobo with a Shotgun. Episode 103 of A Cut Above Horror Review is going to be a blast, and it starts now. Good evening and welcome to A Cut Above Horror Review, a podcast where we review all things horror. I'm your host Jacqueline and tonight we'll be discussing the film Hobo with a Shotgun from 2011. But first let's meet everyone else on the show. First up, I'm so happy to introduce for the first time ever on A Cut Above, our good friend Seth from the Bean Dubbed podcast. What's up, Seth? Hey, I'm really happy to be here. Thanks for inviting me on the show. It's my time now. (laughs) yes the seth era has started (laughs) the sethening the sethening amazing yeah it's 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 too late i mean it's it's far too um delayed so it's it's about time we're really happy to have you on um we'll have you talk a little bit more about yourself in a minute after we finish up the intros but yeah super glad to have you on next up it's john what's going on john Jacqueline, what's happening? And uh, Seth, great to finally meet you. Uh, great podcast. We appreciate you so much for coming on. And Hyderberg, what's happening? Or as we like to call him, Jacqueline number two, Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> what's up? Uh, yeah. So, hey, fellas. Here we are. Ready, ready to talk about this uh, this awesome movie. Um, Seth, since this is your first time on the show, can you explain to our listeners a little bit a little bit about yourself and what the bean bean dubbed podcast is all about uh well uh the bean dub podcast is something that i made when i was uh still in california with uh my girlfriend and my roommate um it's kind of a review show uh it's a bit of a joke that we don't really review movies but we still talk about movies the entire episode mm-hmm. um the uh the idea is that for an entire month we would talk about the works of a director, a writer, an actor, or a producer. Um, and then we would just talk about a few movies that they've done. Uh otherwise, you know, we just shoot our shit. It's not really like a super uh put together podcast like this one, but um yeah. It, we're on a bit of a hiatus now because uh I'm in the middle of a moving. So mm-hmm. uh all the way across the country so um it'll be back soon there's plenty of stuff to watch uh i also have a youtube channel it's bean dirt that's where i kind of started all of the content that i've made and there's plenty to watch there and i'll get back to doing stuff on that as well that's awesome yeah the bean dub podcast is really cool i love the vibe i would say it's like first of all it kind of makes me laugh that you're like oh it's not a super put together show like this <laughs> like oh honey we just fly by the seat of our pants <clears throat> But yes, um, but no, I love the casual vibe on your show. It feels like you're just sitting around with you guys. It feels like we're in the room with you, you know, just yeah, like chilling and and you know with a beer and some folding chairs and talking about <laughs> whatever you know artist you guys are covering for the month. And that's the other thing I really like because you guys know I love a theme, and so mm. I love I love how you guys kind of focus on a particular creator, you know, for an extended period of time. You you get to take kind of a deeper dive into their body of work so i love that personally i think it's such a great idea i do too thank you 
I mean, yeah. I, I've always been really interested in following like the works of of people, like yeah. the uh, the everything that they've been involved in. I don't know. It's something wrong with my brain, I suppose. But no, <laughs> I think that's a great thing. I think that gives you a deeper understanding and it allows you to put things in context. I think it's more interesting too because it's it's just like you know you've got all these streaming services and then you start watching a movie from a director or something like like for example I just went through the whole library of Quentin Tarantino and it was just like Reservoir Dogs and Django Unchained and Kill Bill one and two I I, I binge watched those because I was I went down that rabbit hole but that's awesome. So yeah. Seth, when are you guys gonna do your month focused on Rob Zombie? Oh, oh you can do it! God damn it! I'm never the one to get it. So. I know. I love it, though. I love that you you had the same idea. <laughs> you and me, <Cheers>. HB. <laughs> I mean, you've uh, done all the greatest, you know, people like uh, Jordan Peele. Why not Rob Zombie? Yeah, he's up there. He's in that. You know what? He, he might be in the future. You never know. Please let me come on and guest. <laughs> uh, but no, it's a great show. And I look forward to when you guys kind of resume and things settle down for you and you can um, get back on that train. Thank you. I appreciate it. And your also, YouTube... go ahead. Hyper. Uh, just your YouTube pages, uh, movie reviews, as well as like you review like uh, physical media and stuff like that, like releases of uh, new films and stuff on disc as well, right? Uh, well, my YouTube channel has gone through a lot of evolutions. It mainly okay. just started as something that I wanted to do with my brother. Um, we have a ton of videos that we did. Um, it's mostly just really stupid, uh, fun stuff that uh we just wanted to do as as brothers and then i got my friends involved and um it's not so much movie reviews i started doing that once i i moved and now i've moved back so it, the content will probably change but um my movie related stuff will stay with the bean dub podcast okay well, i guess my question would be what shirt are you wearing is that they live it looks like yeah it is Ooh, nice. that's Hell, a good yes. one. oh that's wow a cool design cool. <laughs> i freaking love you. Pair of threads? Uh, I think so. Uh, either yeah, they're like fright rags. Okay. We're right. so good at podcasting, y'all. Just talking about stuff people can't everybody see. Everybody check it out they on live shirt. audio podcast. <laughs> well, look at his shirt, everybody. Podcast I'm sorry, I, I podcast. had to bring it up. I mean, it, it's a dope <laughs> shirt, too. And Thank check you. out Bean Dope Podcast. <laughs> it is good, though. And Seth is also really active on the Slack. Of course, we have to, you know, name drop the Slack. But, um... Yeah, that's like primarily how I know you, even before I started listening to the podcast. Um, is like, you know, you and I kind of were chatting and Heidelberg's on there a lot. John, not so much, but yeah. John John, John creeps on there. He watches. He I do. Once in a while. I'm, I'm like a troll. Yeah. If, if you, you, if you mention, say John's name, he'll show yeah, exactly. up. If you say John's yeah, name yeah. three times, he'll, he'll, he'll appear. <laughs> it's like Bloody Mary. Like, hey, okay, so you're mentioning my name. What the fuck? It's like Candyman. <laughs> but I do say like the three podcast. three times. Uh, Seth, uh, it's, a, it's a podcast where you review and discuss all things beans, I believe. <laughs> and, yes. Yeah. So, yeah I'm a Every big type fan of bean. bean. Yep. I do like Farts beans. make me laugh. Beans make me fart. So there we mm. go. Actually, I left I left Seth a uh, review on iTunes that had a bean fart joke in it. So. Oh, nice. I, I, couldn't I could not resist myself with, <laughs> to go there. I had to. <laughs> Ever so Jacqueline, classy. you work with children. That's what you work with. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I'm used to it. Yeah, I got a house full of well, one. Joey is a, a big fan of the fart joke as well. He's 47 mm. and still loves a good fart joke. So that's <laughs> just I think that's just the nature of of the male animal. So good man. Good man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, John, you got any news for us this week? 
I do, actually. Uh, if you're on the West Coast or East Coast, the hit video game and TV series The Last of Us is getting its own haunted house at, uh, what is it, Universal's Halloween Horror Nights, which Woo-hoo. runs through cool. uh, September through October. Yep, yep. So I think they, they've they pretty routinely been having 10 houses the past couple of years, and so uh, that'll be one of them. It's pretty rad. Wait, do you know if that's going to be Hollywood and Orlando or just one it's or the both other? both of them, yeah. Both of them, okay, yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool, cool. both, of, both Hall- uh, Hollywood and Orlando are getting that. Very popular short show, and Hyderberg actually brought it up and loved it, right? Yeah, I did. I love the game as well, and I'm excited to see what they, even though I won't be able to go to the Halloween Horror Nights most likely, I'm excited to see what they do with that. Hyderberg, come on down. Why don't you guys take a field trip? Everybody, come on down to Florida. It would be it would be lovely. Uh, Fifth and final season of Stranger Things. Yes, this is going to be the final season. Just got a little more star power. Linda Hamilton. Oh, everybody cool. know who Linda Hamilton is? Well, of course. Yeah. Terminator. Yeah. She's the joined Children of the Corn. Oh, yeah. That's right. Better known <laughs> from right. Children of the Corn. Yeah. The OG Children of the Corn. That's right. So she's going to be on season five. She will. Uh, they didn't specify what her role is going to be, but she's going to be a major part in it. Oh, okay. Right. Cool. Well, I, I yeah. would like that better than just like a little cameo. I'd like to see her, you know, in an ongoing role. Same. I'm not, like, uh, I don't so really I want a new character. Do, What's that? I'm just that show has a habit of introducing new characters each season. And most times it's like they're red shirts on purpose because mm. all the other characters have plot armor. And it's just like, I don't know. And this is the final season anyway. So I guess it doesn't really matter. But well, I guess it's not officially ending because they actually signed on for like an animated show for now. Yeah. Well, the actual Stranger Things. So yeah, the real show is supposed to end now, though, this season. Right. So, so I gave you guys a little bit of homework. Uh, there's a trailer that came out called Cobweb. Did you watch it? Jacqueline, mm-hmm. I, did. I, did. I didn't see Bang. any cobwebs at all. I, did. I didn't either. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I was. I saw I was... some spiders in the title. <laughs> yeah, like really small. I was furious. This is a movie called Cobwebs, and I saw I no I cobwebs. I didn't see anybody They're... dusting or doing any like any cleaning or anything like that. I was there weird. better was be weird. some cobwebs in this movie, <laughs> or I'm going to demand hoping... my money back. I was hoping for a crap ton of uh, spiders and roaches to come out at some point. It it looked yeah. interesting, <laughs> uh, but a little generic or. I don't know. Uh, they show a lot. So that's my one concern is that like they kind of mm. give away some of the twists that I feel like could have been like impactful if you didn't know they were coming. Mm-hmm. I would like, feel like something thing. happening to the mom. Yeah. yeah. But, but no, I thought both parents were just kind of creepy. So it kind of put a twist on that, like the parents are maybe the antagonist. Yeah. Mm. The dad is the uh, act. I can't remember his name, but he's the one that plays Homelander on the boys. <laughs> which I had a visceral reaction. Yeah. Oh, that, seeing him. That was yeah. a jump scare for me. Yeah, you like what it's homelander. Well, but, I do love Lizzie Kaplan. Um, yeah. I trust her a lot in her choice of roles. Yeah. Um, I like her in just about everything I've ever seen her in. And so uh just by virtue of her being in it, it gives it a little bit of hope for me. Cause yeah, I could without her, I would say that the trailer feels a wee bit generic, but um her presence there is good. There's, a, I, I agree with you, Hyderberg, that it looks like it gives away too much. Um, but there's a moment where she's like rushing into the kid's bedroom and she's got like possessed looking eyes. And, and that cool. actually does look pretty creepy. Yeah. Yeah, it looks cool. Mm-hmm. Well, um, that's the poster too, though. I mean, the poster yeah. is her like with that that possessed scene of mm-hmm. just pale. They have this like vibe of like, oh, there's something in the walls, maybe. And then I'm, I was expecting like something spider related or maybe there's an yeah. entity in the walls. And then 
I feel like that's really where they needed to leave it. And they just showed us a lot more after that. I mean, maybe there's more to it, though. So they might be just swerving us. And then when we get yeah. in the theater, it is something else entirely. So who knows? Maybe so. I'll, 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 you I'll know, check it out. reserve my judgment. But uh, oh, it also looks like it might be a sneaky Halloween movie. Yeah. It's coming out in July, so it could. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's like pumpkin patches and stuff. So. Yep. I saw a movie this weekend. What'd you see? I saw The Blackening. Without giving away thing. too much, what was your assessment of it? It's a fun time. It's dumb fun. It's, uh, Is it's it a horror neat. comedy? A little bit, yeah. Oh, it's okay. it, yeah, it's got those kind of vibes to it. So it's not quite scary movie cra- zany, but uh, mm-hmm. there's definitely a little. Oh, it's bit not of a book. spoof. Yeah, it's not spoofy, but uh, there there well, are moments. A little bit satirical. It. Yeah, it, exactly. That's exactly what it is. Is it kind of like um, what was the one that we uh, was it Lucky with um, Vince Vaughn? Freaky. Oh, Freaky. Was it kind of like that? Yeah, a, a little bit. I don't want to give anything away, but it's definitely it's a. It's a fun enough uh, film. There wasn't too many people in the theater, mm. but um, it was it was a good time. I'd really I, like to see that one. I hope I get the chance to catch it in the theater. Same. I thought the trailer looked like fun. It did. Yeah. Cool. I'm glad you got a chance to see that. Yeah. All well, right. All well, I is got. that it for news? All right, yep. John. Um, Hyderberg, I just I have to ask you one question. I was trying to ask you this before when you were talking about The Last of Us. Um, I'm, I guess I'm a dummy. You've said the phrase red shirt a few times. What does that mean? Oh, so it's a means. it's a term that originated from Star Trek. Yeah. When, mm. Whenever like there would be an away party on Star Trek, like they're gonna beam down to a planet and go check out something. There's yeah. always a random guy who has a red shirt on who you don't know as any of the main characters, and he's the first guy to die. Yeah. So it. like he's the guy who gets killed. So like a red shirt is normally a term thrown around as somebody who's expendable. Makes perfect sense. Thank yeah. you. All right. Cool. All right. Well, if that's it for news, then wait. Whose pick was this, John? Hydroberg. Hydroberg. All right. Why did you pick Hobo with a Shotgun? Because uh, it's Hobo with a Shotgun. No, I, I don't know. We're uh, just, it kind of, it's a film I've only seen once. It was referred to me by a friend of mine who's not hugely into horror, but he saw this movie and he was like, yo, man, I've seen this crazy movie. You got to watch it with me. So I went, I went to his house and we watched it one day years ago. And uh, it was just a fun time. Um, it's, it's zany. It's got, um, it's got like trauma vibes too. And I thought it would be a good pick. Uh, we've done like only a couple trauma films. I know this is not a trauma. Guys. <clears throat> Excuse yeah. me. And we <laughs> did Frank and Hooker. Uh, we, we've done some affiliated trauma mm-hmm. films also. But um, no, I just thought it was, it's a fun film. And I thought it would be a, a good watch. And so I just kind of slid it in there in the, um, in the scheduling. And it kind of works out. It's going to butt up pretty well with next week's pick, which you got to listen to the end of the episodes. But mm-hmm. I know that. Sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have to say it was kind of a refreshing change of pace from last week's movie. It was just like a little easier on the brain, I think. <laughs> last week's movie in quotation. Yeah. Quote unquote movie, which was not a movie at all. But uh, Wait, yeah, it was just that? a little it was a little easier on the brain, I think. Exactly. Yeah, Kudos to that pick though, because that was a fun discussion. Uh really we had a was. long episode, which we you just can't really have a short episode based around that kind of thing. You you gotta talk it out. There's a lot to uh dissect and i want to give a shout out to andy from uh, straight chilling for coming on for that one because uh it was just it was a good time and i've gotten a lot of uh good feedback too from people who are like i don't know what the hell that is you guys listen to but or watch but i'm interested <laughs> or, i've had people listen to the episode they're like i didn't watch the the show 
Dude, we're years. still trying to figure out what the fuck we watched, but yeah, I mean, they're like, was, we don't it, know it what, you, what it was, and I'm like, well, I don't, we don't know either. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, if anybody does, it's probably Randy. But yeah, he was the perfect guest to have on that show. So I'm I'm glad he was there. Um, yeah, I'm gonna start so watching Local 58 though. I was checking out the first. I checked out the first episode. Uh, today. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I did. Yeah, I watched that one about a year ago. I Seth, are like you familiar it. with Analog Horror or like any like Gemini Home Entertainment? Um, I'm not entirely familiar, but I'm familiar with um the is Analog Horror like the Backrooms on YouTube? Yeah, is that mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's about as far as my knowledge goes. And then like okay. Skinamarink. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> yeah, that was something. <laughs> wow, it was. All right. Well, Hydroberg, so I'm glad. Yeah, I'm I'm glad you picked this film for this week. Um, thanks for explaining why you chose it. I think it's time to decide whether it fucks or sucks. So, Hydroberg, you go first, my friend. Yeah. So, huh, hobo with a shotgun. This film is like a hobo and a shotgun ran a train on you. It's a messy fuck. <laughs> All right, Seth. What do you think? Does hobo with a shotgun fuck or does it suck? Uh, I thought it would be probably in the. Uh in a different category from everybody else. Cause I think this movie fucks and I think it's a dirty, uh, grimy fuck that just makes you want to take a shower consecutively for three days. Mm. I think and then mow pre- your lawn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a pretty good assessment. John, I what like do you that. say? I'm going to give this a, uh, a flaccid fuck because it's, it's one of those ones that you enjoy at first then you're just like, you realize it's like an elephant sitting on you, like crushing you with just in your face grindhouse. Ugh. It feels a little dirty, but it's, it's semi enjoyable. So I'm going to give it a flaccid fuck. What about you, Jacqueline? So John, what you're saying is this movie is like fucking an elephant. No, that's what I, 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 I'm trying to be politically correct. <laughs> I think that's pretty correct. clear what he I'm said. I'm trying to be politically correct. Um, <laughs> okay. So, no, uh, yes, that's what we I'm saying. We here at a cut above do not condone having sex with <laughs> any animal, elephants. The opinion of one does not reflect the opinions yeah. of all members yeah, of a exactly. cut above. Exactly, <laughs> sorry. Uh, I'll, I'll get my score at the end. Jacqueline, what about you? Does a movie fuck or suck? Uh, well, this movie was kind of an homage to the grindhouse exploitation movies of the 70s. It was very clearly intended to be that way. And so um, based on the, the finished product, I would say that this movie is like a fuck in the back row of a dark little theater with, with sticky floors and you don't know mm. why, but it's still so good. And there's a guy walking around going, tickets! <laughs> give me your tickets that's your tickets yeah in, in case it wasn't clear it fucks <laughs> I've, okay. I've heard this film uh explained as a exploitation because mm-hmm. it's a canadian made film <laughs> it is yep a reactor wasn't zombievers canadian as well because i feel like i've heard that called a exploitation too i think it was maybe it was a film that's for sure <laughs> it was a film Hey, we shouldn't give that one too hard of a time because the guy that created our uh, logo picked it. So he did. He did. Mm-hmm. Hey, I still, I, I still love that one. I still love that one. I, I'm not knocking it. All right, That's well, John, you want to drop that spoiler warning so we can get into some details? It sure. Is. We're going to be talking about Hobo with the Shotgun from 2011 in its entirety. If you have not seen this movie, pause the podcast, go check it out on any streaming services, and come back to find out what we thought about it. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, it's on Tubi uh, and I think Pluto. Pretty yeah, much I watched everything. it on Tubi. Yeah, same. Everything good is on Tubi. It is. Hyderberg, I cannot wait to hear this reach around. I have one. You always do. 
All right. You guys ready? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. In on the rail, a traveler comes. Last hope for Scumtown in the hands of a bum. A tale of a hobo in his way with a gun. A film not taken seriously, but more for the fun. A sadist named Drake, this town he does run. With the help of his gang and his two sons. Ivan and Slick. Ivan died from his daddy issues, and the hobo shot off Slick's dick. <laughs> meet, a, met, met a hooker named Abby as she's turning some tricks, both with dreams of mowing your lawn when the grass gets too thick. This vagrant vagabond has planted his roots in a city that needs him to give evil the boot. It's a cesspool that even has a plague. Now this heroic hobo's good deeds have made the front page. With a shotgun from a pawn, shop, pawn store, he spreads his rage. All scumbags should run or be eternally slayed as the buckshot is sprayed. This destitute won't give into a shelter. He boozes and slaughters amid helter-skelter. A dirty angel who's never heard his trumpets. A hobo with a shotgun. Beware if he pumps it. Oh, yeah. Wow. Sorry. I couldn't get through it entirely. I was laughing. Shot his dick (laughs) off. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so so, I don't know if this is in your trivia, Jacqueline, but this was part of the Grindhouse, like uh, the, 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 uh, the trailers. Like Grindhouse. It was not. I believe that in the it was part Not of a really- contest by Robert Rodriguez. That's right. About Brian House mm. trailers. And it was one of, I think it was a winner or one of the, the winners. Oh, and then it was the, like from an a fan? feature film. Yeah, based oh, on okay. it. No, he's a filmmaker. Yeah, he's a filmmaker, but he contributed. Yeah, and so I, in the in the American in the American release of Grindhouse, which I, Heidelberg, I know you saw that in the theaters as a double feature, which I did, I did. too. Um, John, I don't think you did, did you? No, I never did. Seth, did you see Grindhouse in the theater? Seth was like six I years was old. Wait, I was too young. You yeah. were like five. I was about to say you're like you were like five. We're we're all in our forties. Um, yeah. So it was it was shown in the Canadian theatrical release mm. as one of the okay. trailers in between the films, and so but it was not shown in America. So, uh, but yeah, it was one of the fake trailers um, shown made for Grindhouse. You're absolutely right as a um, as like the winner of the of the contest that Robert Rodriguez had. And it's actually the second full feature film to be made from one of those fake trailers. The first one, of course, being Machete. 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 (laughs) Yeah, so absolutely. So let me just kind of start by asking, if you guys don't mind, what are some of your top favorite moments from this movie? I feel like this is a movie with a lot of great moments. I really like when first gets I love the the color. I love the the use of Mm, color throughout the movie. John, I, I even have that in my notes in the very beginning, too. I noticed right away, like, the color saturation was really high. Yeah. It 70s vibe. Mm-hmm. The brightness of, like, the character himself was kind of dull, and the, but then the backgrounds would be, like, the grass was super green. I even checked my settings on my TV because I was like, is it me or is it? <laughs> it was very oversaturated, but it's like I've never watched a Grindhouse movie until the Quentin Tarantino, Robert Rodriguez stuff came out. But it was just like that's what you kind of kind of picture. Just it's yeah. it's grimy, but it's also very vibrant. And mm-hmm. I thought that was fantastic. What do you? What and you... I just want to say that the gore was all practical. Yeah. Yes, it, it was. I uh, was it really because it, it didn't feel any CGI, even though it was 2011. It was just like it, it all felt just very visceral. I loved it. Every bit of the makeup and effects were all practical. So mm-hmm. I love it. Well done. Seth, what about you? What are some of your favorite moments? Uh, well, I did want to uh, talk about the, the the contrast during the day is really cool. But during the night scenes, they had like the neon reds and blues. Mm-hmm. That was really cool. Um, I remember one shot where it was 
the giant building behind the uh um where the, the prostitutes hang out and there was just one side of it was blue and one side of it was red and it was just a gorgeous shot i thought um also just i know how indie this movie was made i watched a making of featurette mm-hmm. for this um and this director hasn't really done a lot um i know he did like a segment from vhs too and yeah, he did the alien one yeah really? yeah and, and, really? and, and he, he did that new movie yeah uh, yeah and he did a, a segment from um the abcs of death i think it is mm-hmm. like the mm-hmm. one of the really gross ones i won't spoil it it's why <laughs> but it's really gross oh god yeah <laughs> i've never seen those <laughs> oh Heidelberg, really? get on it yeah i gotta watch him i think it's on tubi <laughs> of course it definitely is <laughs> yeah i i said i other Hmm. Yeah, Seth, I, I was going to say I agree with you because it's even when they go into the uh, the arcade thing of the Drake, um, the colors that they use is just like it's blue, green, red, you know, just all these like vibrant colors, but it just kind of sets the mood of it. And I actually really enjoyed that. Yeah, it's a and gorgeous fact, movie. Yeah. And the fact that it was all practical because it felt practical to me. No CGI, my my score is going to go up. So I'm, yeah, I'm pushing mm-hmm. it into the I really the like just territory. the opening too of like Rudger Hauer on the train, and then mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you start getting you get the the vibe. Like we get that grindhouse like um, lettering coming in yes. with this title yeah. sequence, and I just thought that it just like sets the mood right away, and then we just get right into it. Like he's just walking around Scum Town or Hope Town, <laughs> supposed to be called. Um, I love how you work that into your reach around. Yeah. And the whole place is just depraved. Like everything's just, I noticed there's like, there's bum fights. The guy's videotaping bum fights, <laughs> yeah. which sounds outlandish, right? But it's not because our culture actually had videos that were based on thing. bum fights. Like it's a real fucking thing in our culture. So it's <laughs> it not was even like back in the early 2000s, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that and was they a played thing. off of that. That was yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, I also love the beginning. The... What were you going to say? I was just going to, I was going to agree with you guys about the color saturation and say that to me, it's like eye candy. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, like the what blood too. It's like super red. I just like the beginning of like we have no idea really what's going on, but we instantly meet like Drake and his brother. Uh, I forgot the brother's name, but um, and and his two sons, and you get like this trauma vibe right Logan. away. Logan, Logan, that's Logan. it. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And, One of the trailer uh, park boys. Yeah, yeah Ricky. Yeah. He, he's got the uh, he's got the manhole cover wrapped around his head, and you're sort of just like, what's going on? And um. The hobo, who doesn't have a name, he's just called the hobo the entire time. He just got into town, so he's kind of we're in his place, you know, like sort of just looking around, like we don't know what's going on either. And you see, they drop his head into the manhole with the manhole cover, and you see how fake it is. It's like bending a little bit under the weight yeah. of his head, which is fine. <laughs> I love that, and I love when they decapitate him. There's just spurts of blood, and out of nowhere, I don't know where this chick came from. This lady in a fucking white <laughs> bikini just bathes herself in the blood. <laughs> And I'm just like, this movie's outrageous. Just like the first time I saw it, I was just like, what am I watching? So I got this movie when it first came out on physical media. Um, my my best friend since third grade, Brittany, she bought me the DVD. Um, I was not buying blues yet. This was like 2011. Um, she bought me the DVD and it had like a slip cover, but it also came with these postcards, which were pretty rad with like... Um, illustrations from the movie and I think I sent her one of them just randomly because she was like what the fuck like because she'd asked me like what do you want for your birthday and I was like I want to put with a shotgun and she was like she was like okay and she got it for me and she was like Jacqueline what the fuck but um she's like kind of in an amused way and so I think I sent her one of the postcards a few months later just out of the blue just to you know spice up 
spice things up a little bit. <laughs> That's actually hilarious because I have in my notes, man, Scumtown is not a place you want to vacation. <laughs> <laughs> and you're sending postcards from it. <laughs> your friends. <laughs> I'm sure her husband was like, um, what is this postcard? <laughs> Do you remember what was on it? No, I'm sure it was Riker Hauer, but um, oh, yeah. I, but I, I, I think I only sent the one, so I probably still have the other three tucked away with the DVD. I'd have to check on that, but I'm like 99% sure I still have those. I'll I send bet you guys Seth one. Knows the street value of that that out of print DVD. <laughs> the 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 DVDs. Uh, it depends on if it has a slip or not. I don't have the slip anymore. I knew he was going <laughs> to know that. I knew it. <laughs> no. What about the postcards, though? If I throw the postcards in. Oh, those are worth a lot of money. Yeah. Well, you Keep mailed those. one. So now it's not as worth as much. Mm, yeah. It's not a complete set. Sorry. Yeah. But you know what? I don't collect things for the money. I collect them for joy. So I'll send That's you guys a postcard. Yeah. Thank you. You can't take it with you when you die anyway. So <laughs> exactly. That is yeah. true. I mean, we so. get that. We get that look at Drake's place, too. Like, it's just it's so depraved they're killing like homeless people like indiscriminately oh, yeah. bashing their feet with like mallets and popping their heads with bumper cars it's yeah, just I know. horrible but the mm. like you said john the, the gore is just top notch it's it's it's, like- it's good i it's it's not over the top because it's not like you know any other slasher movie where it's like blood spurting everywhere but it's just that one I, I I guess kind of like localized area it was like okay you cut a head yeah. off it's kind of spurting right there that's it Oh, I, I like would it say it's over completely the over the top. Yeah, I don't think so. I, don't I think, think so. it fits. You know what I mean? Some movies go over yeah. the top. You can tell it's like, I don't know. I, there's some movies that do gore just for the sake of gore. And this movie does do that a little bit. But it's like it's placed perfectly in the film because that's what the kind of it owns it because that's the kind of film it is. You know what I mean? Like, I I'm going to give this movie a lot of credit for winking at itself quite a bit throughout the yeah. movie. It tries to go a little serious, like down the path of serious, but then it goes, uh, no, we're just kind of winking at you guys right now. Yeah. I, mean, the I city think it knows exactly overrun. what it's doing. Right. Our next week's movie is just kind of like, I'm just fully winking at the camera, you know? Well, without giving away, you could just tell that this this movie is influenced by that sort of film. I mean, the, the whole city yeah. vibe of like gangs, oh, and yeah. muck, you know, that kind of uh, like, it just, it just... You could tell where it's 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 like getting its inspiration from in moments, and I and I dig that. But it's its own thing at the same time. Like it's 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 undeniably hobo with a shotgun. You know what I mean? It's not a ripoff of something else. It's just right. Winking, it it reels know, itself back in to a point where it's kind of yeah. it's it's fun. You know, it's yeah. like oh hey, there you go. There's a there's a little bait right there, and then reels itself back in quite a bit. We get introduced mm. early on to Slick and Ivan, too. What do you guys think about those guys? I wrote down that they could definitely win Cooter of the Year. Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> they were almost worse than their dad, I feel like, because they were trying to gain his approval, you know, by and they would do anything to do that. No, he gets on the TV and goes, if you get him and give me his head, you can have my broads, and puts his face in a girl's boobs, and was like... <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, they were nice broads, you know, he said. He said so. They were. <laughs> Also, uh, uh, Ivan using a, they had a pinata. Uh, he used a skate to kill somebody. What? That's weird. I didn't see any hockey at all in this film or any ice skating. So it just seemed out of place, but it was funny. It was a nod to Canada. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. That makes yeah. Sense. There you go. That makes sense now. And then later he's wearing them for like an entire season. He's wearing them and he yeah, gets he his foot them. stuck in one and says, That made me come. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> this movie, I think, delights in the what the fuckness of it all. You know, know, like just I think it is real. I think the 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 filmmaker was having a great time making this. And it seems like 
the people all the people involved with it probably had a great time too just like it, i don't think i don't think it takes itself too seriously at all i think it's just like it's it's setting out to make a movie that's both an homage but a little bit like poking a little bit of fun at the uh, exploitation mm-hmm. genre and i think everything it does is very deliberate and i think it's just like having a great time and it's designed for the audience to have a great time and i think it's really successful at that yeah and i think the hobo is an interesting character where he's never like i mean yeah he's an alcoholic hobo but like i don't know they don't play on that too much uh, those stereotypes he's like really he's still yeah. a decent dude you know what i mean like he's you know, if he sees a woman getting slapped around, he's not going to stand for it. Like he's, you know, um, he's kind of an upstanding guy. It's like yeah. we don't really know where he's come from, like where, you know, how how he slipped through the cracks and, and became, you know, a hobo. But obviously he's he's kind of an upstanding guy at some yeah. point. And he hasn't lost that entirely. And I like that because he we see him. He beats Slick's ass when he's beaten on um, what's her name, Abby, before we know who mm-hmm. she is. And he makes citizens arrest, which is just hilarious. Uh, but unfortunately the entire city is corrupt so it doesn't really and I, yeah there's some great dialogue um in this movie there's that one scene with the corrupt cop who's talking to abby and i wrote down it just hey you're so hot you make me want to cut my dick off and rub it all over your titties like what the <laughs> fuck does that even mean bro see i told there you other, the what the fuckness there are other ways to be aroused and show your arousal to a prostitute <laughs> without cutting your dick off i don't know that seems like the pinnacle to me yeah, yeah, that's, I, I that's top tier that right there. Like, what the fuck did he just say? <laughs> yeah, there were to me there was a lot of funny dialogue and just some hilarious and ridiculous situations. Like when the hobo takes Abby to the hospital and he's he's like fix her and he points fix the her. shotgun at the receptionist and then he's like standing <laughs> on the edge of the rolling bed as the doctors are he's rolling kneeling on it like pouring like vodka on her wounds and he grabs the vo- yeah he grabs somebody's random <laughs> bottle of vodka and is like dumping it on her wounds and they're like sir you Don't can't do that, that. <laughs> it was a they, they, he should have chugged some of it though in that one moment i was waiting for him to chug some but i also think that maybe meeting abby was causing him to be a little bit more like helping him with sobriety cuz mm-hmm. you notice as he gets into town and once he meets Abby, he's sort of drinking less. Like it's become less of what his character's about because I don't know. He's um, you know, he's out for justice at that moment. And we could tell that like he knows his way around a shotgun as if he he hates guns, he says, but as if he's been around like he's done this before or put this this lifestyle mm-hmm. away at one point, you know, but, because he's had violence in his life, maybe. Maybe he's that was kind of a weird transition for yeah, me because be. it's like like he, he wakes up and you know, he goes out to the bum fight guy and and you know, eats glass and stuff like that Ugh. just to make money so he can get his well, lawnmower. Well, because he wants that lawnmower, yeah. right? Yeah. He, he wants to set his life like, on the straight and narrow. He wants to start his own business and he wants to buy the lawnmower, which is forty nine ninety nine. It just so happens that a, a shotgun fully loaded is also forty nine ninety nine, <laughs> And they happen to keep fully loaded weapons on hanging on the wall at the pawn, pawn store, which, you know. Right next to the lawnmower. I take issue with, but it works for the scene. Hydroberg, I have an important question for you. Uh-oh. What is it? How did you feel how did you feel about in the hospital scene where the plague enters and they rope people uh, and like string them up by the in the drop ceiling? ceiling? Yeah. All right, it works for me because they're going up into oh. the ceiling. They're not in the ceiling already. Cuz there is <laughs> right, something the, to tie into. They didn't tie in directly into the drop ceiling. They pushed the tiles up and then tied into something beyond that. Oh, and I okay. just like the plague. I I really don't want to criticize the plague. That <laughs> okay. idea of like that's very inefficient of like taking the time to tie a noose around somebody's but it looks badass when he does it it's very cool 
when he harpoons one through the and then there's just like this when when the hobo walks through the area you just see this like carnage and all these people like tied up like hanging from nooses so it's sort of cool looking as aesthetic okay i'm just saying i was watching that scene and i was like oh hydroberg now if they were hiding in the drop ceiling i would have took issue with that that's for sure (laughs) okay i was just checking i was waiting for like a a harpoon to go I was waiting for a harpoon to fly through there and it knocks one of the tiles out and like a head pops out. I was like, hey, it's me, Billy. Oh, I was just popping in. I was popping in that, was here. A, that was a random Billy Elvis appearance. <laughs> I'm just going off the cuff here, Billy. He just he just came to me there. I actually, how do you guys like the the um the pawn shop scene where he like it's like 32 minutes into the film before we actually get a hobo with a shotgun? But that's fine. It works for me because we're setting up the characters, the, the how crazy the city is and, you know, what the hobo's, you know, doing. His his motivation is to get a um, a lawnmower. Fine. OK. And to make money to do that, he, like you said, John, he was chewing glass. He was in. I would have liked to see a bum fight, though. There were no actual bum fights that he was involved in, but he was doing depraved stuff. He wasn't. He saw. But, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. When he just dis- when he decides to take the shotgun off the wall, I just thought the scene is pretty cool. The way he just starts blowing away those guys in the pawn stop. Yeah, I like that scene. It's kind of like, um, you know, it's it's sort of chaotic, but I think it's like a nice little moment where he gets his hand on the shotgun and he starts to, because up until that point, <clears throat> he's kind of been a little bit of a passive observer mm-hmm. and kind of taking in all the corruption and violence that's going on in this town that's run by this crime boss guy and his stupid family. Um, but that's the moment where he's like had enough and he takes things into his own hands and that's exciting. So I, I like that part. Mm. Wasn't that yeah, after the- he got carved up though? Like he's had a bunch of shit already happened to him at that point. And he had a little glimmer of hope when he saw the mo- Yeah, he did get but- carved up, right? Yeah. Yeah, he did because he had the uh, bearish sweatshirt on because Abby took him in and then we get that's that right. connection. <laughs> yeah. Um, he got scum like carved yeah. by uh, what? Uh, I or Slick. Yeah carved scum into his I thought chest. Slick's name was going to be Tedward for a moment there. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I, I yeah, kind of like the connection up, with the bear. I like the connection with him and Abby too, though. It's like, it's cheesy, but it's it works for me. Like, I, And it's not like she's like a love interest. I, I take her more as like a daughter figure uh, to him, yep. and which yeah. I'm glad they didn't go with that route of like love interest. Like, oh, I want to desperately fuck this hobo. Like that one, that one happened. But I like how he slips the bear like picture in her empty picture frame and she gives him the bear fucking mm. sweatshirt. And like like you said, when we get the pawn stop um, mo- moment later, like I think he's kind of had it because he met somebody that he he likes in that city because normally he you know, he's a he's he comes and goes. He never has roots. Mm. He never stays anywhere. He jumps on the train and he goes to the next city. So I don't feel like he ever intended to get involved until he met Abby. Right. And then he had something that he felt like protecting in the city. Like, all right, I've had enough. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. Um, The first time I saw this movie, I did think, oh, is he going to like somehow find out or like reveal to her somehow that she really is his daughter and he's been trying to protect her all along or something like that. But it didn't go that way. I'm kind of glad they didn't do that. Yeah, I I think there's a nice arc between them, you know, because like he's living in this he knows he's living in a fantasy world that she's not a teacher, but he, he keeps saying that. And she asks him at the end, she's like, you know, I'm not a teacher. And he's like, yeah, I know. I felt like it was almost like he was trying to tell her, like, you could be a teacher. Like you could, you don't yeah. have to be like, yeah. you have, there's more to you than, than this. 
Right. I'm sure she's taught some people some things, by the way. Anyway, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) we do get a great montage of the hobo going to work with that shotgun around town, though, after he takes out those uh, gangsters in the porn shop. Um, Yeah, the pedo Santa. Yeah, I just love I just love that homage. The whole thing of like the uh, montage of him just blasting people and like the impact of the shotgun when he shoots people. It's very satisfying. The sound effects as well as just people getting thrown across the room and Mm -hmm. like their guts flying out. It just works for me. It's very. When I was, I was going to say it's a, it's emotionally satisfying too to see all these like scumbags get it, and you're like, yeah, yeah, like the and, Santa Claus, yeah, and, and and the they show like a series of newspaper headlines, which mm-hmm. I think are absolutely brilliant. My favorite, my favorite one was change. Love it, so clever. I like, I like how we get this montage of like the newspapers, the headlines showing what he's been up to. And then we see somebody stealing those newspapers and then they get blown away off screen <laughs> and into the machine. And you see all the blood splatter and the newspapers like kind of fall back into the machine. You could tell he like blew them away for stealing the, the papers. He also managed to like inspire the town a little but through his deeds. You know what I mean? Like people started mm-hmm. taking notice of what he was doing and fighting back. And like, this is a town that's totally been overrun by corruption and crime. So to see somebody who's not even from there to take to take arms and literally and to start just blasting away at people. I, well, I even at the beginning I, of the movie, like when Logan gets his head lopped yeah. off from uh, <clears throat> the barbed wire noose, it was like, I want you all to watch this. Look at this. This is what's going to happen. Oh, there we go. My my microphone cut up. Sorry. Yeah, you're good. I uh I do take issue. Wait, where did he get all the ammo from? Because I, I would have loved to just see like the pawn guy say, hey, take some of this. You're going to need it and throw him like a box of shells. That would have just worked for me. Maybe there was like a little bag or like a little a little mini satchel attached to it when he when he grabbed it in the pawn shop. Maybe. I mean, knowing I this city, know. <laughs> there's probably just shotgun shells like all over everywhere. The yeah. yeah. True. <laughs> so there, there's an elephant in the room that I do want to touch on. The Drake's. Mm. The Drake kids, they torture school bus for the kids. And I just I was curious how you thought about how you, how that resonated with you, Jacqueline. I know you don't like that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, I hated that. Um, yeah. Don't like that. I feel like it's kind of poignant, though, for the film. Like it does show like just how depraved these people are. And it does play back later. Like when, yeah. when what's his name gets his come up, uh, Slick gets his come up. It's um, it, I do yeah. like the way that they play it back later and, and he gets. Yeah. To, he gets well, bubbled. and so. That that's that you know I don't I don't like that part but I think it's like it's it makes sense for the movie like I don't hold it against the movie it's just tough for me to watch you it know? Is. um but luckily it's not like super drawn out like there's just kind of a few seconds where like you see a kid kind of banging on the back window yeah. and that's that's the the thing that upsets me is like you know a kid panicking and scared. I don't like that. I also don't, I don't love in the um, pawn shop scene the woman she's got a baby with her and the baby's crying because of all the scary stuff happening. That just a baby crying out of like fear or neglect or something that just ugh. It There's the my dumpster heart. scene too where that guy throws the mm. Molotov. Oh yeah, that that was the toughest yeah. part for oh, me. I don't like. I was I hoping like he didn't that. do that. I was like, oh, because so we see that like the city kind of takes arms against the hobos because they feel like. The gangsters have given them an ultimatum of, you know, yeah. either kill all the homeless people or we're going to kill more kids, yeah. you know, innocent children. So they don't feel like they have a choice. And then the hobo feels almost to blame now because of that. You can see he's in despair because he feels like this whole rampage is is on him now because it's, you know, it's, it's out to get him, essentially. 
Mm-hmm. You see all these innocent well, deaths. That. Yeah, Slick and Ivan bring out that the charred body of a child, and they're like, "This will happen to your kids." And it's like, like "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" Yeah, they bring it on the news back a little too hard. Yeah, but I I don't knock the movie for that. Like, I don't think it's like a flaw in the movie. It's just it's a thing that I personally don't like. But I, you know, like I said, it doesn't dwell on any of it. It has a purpose, so you know, it's it's not like a ding by any means for me. How about you, Seth? How you feel about the movie? Yeah, yeah. I I just think that it, that as far as character development, was there any? I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I haven't heard from you very much, so. <laughs> I, I'm just going to let you guys control the, the podcast. I don't want to burst in and, and take over. No, please burst in. Please do. <laughs> that's, that's, why, that's literally why you're here. <laughs> we want you to burst in. Okay, I'm going to just talk the rest of the podcast. I'm not letting anybody else talk. Okay. That's like uh, what I normally do anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as far as like character progression for the hobo and the um, Abby, I think there was there. There's not um, too much going on with anybody else. Um, I don't think the Drake had any kind of progress. The the creepier Crispin Glover. I, I think I don't know. There was that <laughs> moment. Nice. Call, <laughs> Crispin Glover. There was that moment on the phone where he tells his son that he's very proud of him. And that he's his favorite son. Well, that's kind of an asshole thing to say, though. Yeah. <laughs> it was a little bit of a heartfelt moment from a character that you didn't see much of that at all. Mm. Yeah. Well, I, I do think that when uh, uh, Slick got his comeuppance, um, that that scene specifically also because of the school bus reminded me a lot of the segment from Trick or Treat. I don't yes. know if it came off to everybody else. Yep. I was getting yeah. a little bit of like Freddy vibes, too. You know what I mean? Like he now he's in his own nightmare sort of. Mm. Uh, it carted away to hell in a in a school bus on fire. I kind of like the way they they pulled that back though for for his death. I enjoyed that. Yeah, it, it kind of leaves it up to uh, interpretation of how he actually went out. I guess the you you lose enough dick blood and you just die. Yeah, well, <laughs> a dude like him, obviously, most of his blood is in his dick. Uh, you know, it's right. not in his brain. So a guy like that gets his dick blown off. Yeah, he's gonna die within like thirty seconds. <laughs> Yeah, and I like how there was just like little flappy piece of skin left. He's like, he shot my dick up, like waggling. The <laughs> yeah, he's like looking at it. I like that he taped the gun to it, and so there's that moment in the in the house where they get the tip that because Abby helps the hobo home after he helps her, he he kills that corrupt cop that's like been stalking her this whole time. He blows that fucking guy away, by the way. Shoots him in the head and then shoots his chest and legs like several times where like, yeah, just obliterates him. But good for that guy because he deserved it. But yeah, so like Abby helps him out and they get home and she hides him. But like that kid saw him and calls in the tip line and lets uh, Slick know what's going on. So Slick shows up with his brother. His brother's wearing ice skates for some reason. I don't know, because that's practical when you're going to (laughs) go. Do it like an assassination attempt. Do you want to wear ice skates? Apparently, I guess it's a Canadian thing. I don't know. Write in and let mm-hmm. us know. Um, yes, but yeah, that scene. In, what, is it, what is this about? <laughs> that scene in the house I thought was cool. We get a moment with Abby and the hobo where he tells her his dream to start like a mowing business. And she's like, um, like she's in for it. She's like, yes, let's run away and do this like this. I've been wanting something to kind of like put my money into and and start a business. Yes, let's do it. And I love their slogan is you grow it. We'll cut it. <laughs> you know, obviously skipping over the obvious slogan, which is you grow it, we'll mow it. But I don't mm. know. Maybe that's on purpose. <laughs> well, it's, I don't know. <laughs> like the title of this movie. <laughs> yes. But um, 
the moment where he's like slick cuts into her neck with the hacksaw. I didn't see Ooh. that coming the first time because I was like, I just didn't anticipate her getting hurt. You know, she gets hurt mm-hmm. the entire movie. Like <laughs> we mm. could touch on it later too. What really happens to her in the end? But like, I was like, oh shit, she's gonna die. Like I didn't think they were gonna go there. Can and I just then, say it's so yeah. funny how like when she's in the hospital being treated for her extremely severe wounds. Um, we already kind of touched on the hobo like pouring vodka all over her, but then the doctors <laughs> jumps the up on are her. so hysterical and they're like <laughs> screaming. And one of the doctors is like, "Live, you fucking whore!" I'm like, wow. "Yeah, he's going hard." And then he's probably one of her clients. Yeah, yeah, right. And so she has this like wound, this like severe laceration to the neck. But then it shows her just like a couple hours later, she wakes up and her makeup and hair are perfect. Yeah. And she has like a little bandage on her neck. There's like no blood to be seen anywhere. She just has like a little bandage and she kind of turns her head gently and opens her eyes and smiles at the hobo. She's like, hey, you. <laughs> like, it's just I'm so, so cheesy. It was a huge gash. Huge. Yeah, right. Like her head was almost but- sawed off. I was waiting for the hobo to put that duct tape on it to like seal it up. <laughs> I, I I'm gonna bring that up too, Jacqueline. Like like when they were working on her, the doctor that jumped on her and was like doing the CPR, he was like his hands yeah. were shaking when he gave her the IV. He was like, yes. oh, like oh. dude, you are an ER doc. Get with yeah, it. Exactly. But like I felt like that moment where she wakes up and is all peaceful and serene and looking pretty, and she's like, Hey, you. I almost felt like that was a wet hot American summer moment, like making mm. how mm. movies that earnestly. Mm-hmm. But like you know, it's like so obviously ridiculous here. Yeah, I bet that so, really was. That's what it's probably making fun of is those moments in in movies where the next scene just jump cuts to something else, and it's totally out of place with the last scene we just saw. Which Grindhouse, these exploitation yeah. films, you know, can do at times, which is just editing issues or reshoots and stuff like that that happen with these low budget films. And as silly as it was, is like like in that scene, it turned all red. You know, the power went out and it's like the emergency power came on, turned red, and it saturation of that, and you got the plague coming in. So I thought that that was fine. I really like the mm-hmm. plague. I don't know where they there's there's I don't know, they're like they're another level of zaniness to this film. Like like the octopus creature that they have. I, I don't know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I really don't know. I don't understand that at all. HP Lovecraft. Yeah, but I dig them. Yeah, because they almost seem like they're undead. You know what I mean? Like they're like one these of the guys, guys just like yeah, one of the guys seemed like Dark Helmet from Spaceballs. Yeah. They're like they're goth hitmen. Dudes in um Mandy. Yes. Yeah. Mm. They're like the demons. Well, they're even referred to as demons, which I thought I wonder if Mandy used that with their with you know, if that's an homage to this, because this was Mandy was made later. They're played yeah. more seriously in Mandy, but they're similar characters like they're called upon at the last moment you know to do the like the dirtiest of deeds and i i like the whole like they get on motorcycles and they travel with like a a casket a coffin behind them and they drag it along and it's just they're like diy like stainless steel painted black painted like armor just looks fucking badass like i don't know they just look really cool I, I dig them. And I dig, like, we would already spoke, like, their method of killing. The one guy likes to slice and dice and shoot people. The other dude has a harpoon gun where he nooses you and then fucking, like, you know, harpoons you into a ceiling. Like, it's not practical, but it looks really cool. Yeah. A drop ceiling. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Lord. Yeah, so, and then 
Abby gives this great speech after she escapes from the hospital and they've taken uh the the plague have taken the hobo off to the lair or whatever um and she like jumps up oh she's like welded herself this new weapon somehow like she knows how to weld i guess and she like this little platform and she gives this huge speech to the whole town about like you know don't call them homeless people like they like they have a home bigger than any of us we're in their home right now they're their home is the whole world so let's show a little respect and then she like jumps down and runs off and then i love how the people in the mob just kind of stand there quietly for a minute like they're looking thoughtful like hmm maybe she's right like they just they look very pensive for a moment it looks very filthy to me so let's clean it up i do like her transformation too into this sort of badass it reminds me of ash a little bit Mm -hmm. uh, because she's got the shotgun in one hand right and then she so the custom weapon she makes is a lawnmower it's like the end of the lawnmower, basically. It's like yeah. she uses that as like a shield. I don't know what's making it run because there's no engine on it, but it looks cool. And so she's like looks using like it. Red for Mandy. Yeah, and she kills. She kills the one uh, plague with it. Uh, she yeah. you know shoots him and then and then just grinds him to death, which was- apparently makes her next in line to become one of them. I guess so. Yeah, that's the way it works. If you kill one, you have to like fill in the spot. Um, mm-hmm. Well, didn't one I of wish the plague the film- guys say that? Yeah, he does. So I wish the film kind of paid that off. I envision at the end, so she gets her arm taken off by Drake. He he pushes it into that weapon that we're talking about, the lawnmower uh, blade, and it takes except the her middle finger. Hand. No, it's a bone. It's a yeah. bone. It's the bone. It's like oh, sharp. I thought it was a middle finger. Drake. Yeah, I mean, you could see it yeah. as a middle finger if you really want to, I guess, because she sort of gives the middle finger to Drake with it, right? So, mm-hmm. right. But right. I envision like. I fill in the blanks at the end of the movie. I feel like she's joined the plague. Like she's turned into one of them and she's got like a badass like shotgun fake arm or something at the end of it. You know what I mean? Like she's going to be the next plague. I wish the movie sort of filled in that gap and showed us a little bit of that because it does have an abrupt ending. Very. Well, like, can very I say up. something? Yeah. Uh, tr- hey, more, the, I don't know if it's going to be stepping on your trivia, Jacqueline, but um, there was an alternate ending. Okay. That, uh, that it does show her actually becoming a plague. Uh, so I thought in my mind, I thought that was something that I remembered, but I couldn't when it didn't happen. I was like, well, maybe it just was something that I envisioned like I wanted to happen. Yeah. And her special weapon was like a Gatling gun on her arm made of oh, like, shotguns. What? <laughs> I need awesome. to see that now. Pause the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, like that's very Rose McGowan, right? From Grindhouse. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> it's a little leg. It makes sense, though. Yeah, because she's a hooker, too. Right. So what? Yeah. I don't think she was a hooker. I thought Rose was a Rose yeah. McGowan? I think she yeah, was. I forgot. It's been a while. Exotic dancer. Oh yes, I'm sorry. Different profession. I apologize to anybody <laughs> that is a hooker or a uh, exotic dancer. They're not it the is. same. They're not. No, they aren't. <laughs> uh, that was a slip of me. That was my fault. Um You're yeah, saying that- the- No, they aren't. I'm not saying that it implies anything. Uh but yeah, no, I would have loved to see her as a plague. Like a female plague uh, in plate armor. That would have been dope. Oh, but with a shotgun too. Electric boogaloo. Let's there demand it. There you go. Let's crowdfund it. Yeah, I'm down for it. The world needs that, by the way. Jacqueline's directing it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that would be that would be a success. Um. Yeah. <laughs> Get Rob Zombie to write your uh, script. Oof. No, I there think I can do a little better. 
<laughs> Rob Zombie could do a really cool film like this. Like, or I, I feel like almost Rob Zombie wishes he could do a film like this. Getting off subject a little bit, did you guys watch the commercials for all the Grindhouse, like like the the faux uh, trailers? Have you oh, guys yeah, watched yeah. those? Uh, yeah, I saw it in the theater. They were all attached. He did one. Yeah, mm-hmm. the- Werewolf yeah. Woman of the SS. I yeah. love that. And which I think is Shiro a real film. Right? Was the star. No, it's not a real film, but it's very similar no. to a film that he clearly loves and is paying homage to. Um, called Ilsa She Wolf of the SS. That's it. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not the Howling so- too. <laughs> oh yeah, man, that's a good movie. Um, but yeah, so I think I- so. There was Machete. Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Um, there was Don't. Yeah. There was Don't. There was Hobo with a Shotgun. That was Ty West, right? Don't. I think I thought that was um, Edgar Wright. Yeah. Oh, maybe. Yeah, Edgar oh. Wright. I'm sorry. Yeah, it is Edgar Wright, I believe. And then there was one more. <clears throat> oh, and the Rob Zombie one. Yeah. So there yeah, you go. Okay. I love those trailers, by the way. And if anybody could ever watch Grindhouse as a whole film, that's the proper way to watch it, not separate it. Even on Tubi, they have Death Proof and uh, Planet Terror separate. I don't yeah, know they why do. they're released like that. It doesn't make sense to me. I guess to make more money. Hyderberg for 15 years, well, 16 now. I have been waiting for a physical media release that has both movies and all five. I have trailers. it. There's one that has all of it? Yeah, I have a yeah. Blu ray. It's a collector's edition with a slipcover. Oh. It's okay, beat up. It. I showed it. Seth's seen it. I showed it to Seth. He said it's a okay. little rare. That's well, that's I'll worth ask, a lot of money there. Yeah. I'll ask, <laughs> I'll ask my uh, childhood best friend. Brent, well, I'll sell it to you, Jacqueline, for $500. Oh, my. <laughs> I, I'll tell you what, I'll sell it to you for a shotgun and a lawnmower. How about that? Okay. $49.99. Forty nine ninety nine. Yes, that because no, I can buy you anything in this in this town. Apparently, forty nine ninety nine and you anything you want. I love that a shotgun and a lawnmower are both exactly the same price. <laughs> maybe they just sell everything in that. Maybe it's like the dollar store, but it's yeah, the forty nine ninety nine store. Nothing <laughs> you know, is over really fifty dollars. In this movie was that. Um, I guess it was it was Ivan that threw the uh, the the skate at the, yeah. the newscaster. <laughs> Fucking <laughs> just with it nice him with it. Yeah, that, that was hilarious to me. Yeah, I love the newscaster. He looked like such a scumbag. Like he did not look yeah. like a newscaster. <laughs> I feel like everybody. Like, he, he looks like one of those guys. Hey, you want a Rolex? Look at this. Like opens his coat and it's like a bunch of fake Rolexes in there. You want one? You want one? There was a little bit of nudity too, John. There was the, uh, the chicks. They were topless when they were killing the. Um, they were they were they were just like beating that guy like a pinata. Yeah. And then he's mm. like, he's got the baseball bat with the razor blades on it. The amount of time oh. it must have took to stick razor blades into a bat is just beyond me. And that swing <laughs> that he makes is awesome. But I I thought it was funny with that part is that uh, the Drake says. Ivan, put your head on the table. Like, like, go in the corner. Go stand in the corner. You're, yeah. you're in trouble. Poor Ivan. He, put, he literally says, Ivan. like, he throws it in Ivan's face all the time that he's not his favorite son. Yeah, exactly. Up, dude. Yeah. My favorite son oh, is he, dead. He hits that dude, too, with the bat, like a pinata, and his guts just, like, split open. <laughs> yeah. Dude, it's, it's like... <laughs> it's so hilarious that Razor Blades, like, they wouldn't do that, but it's hilarious that, like, just the way he just... Ugh, Opens up and just spills I out. It. I, I love do. that. I love the exaggeration mm-hmm. of everything in this film. It works. I, I think the Drake is actually a really great villain. He's like, you know, he's obviously like a caricature. You know, there's yeah. like nothing realistic about him. But I love this idea that he's like got this whole town in his grips. And it's like it's like this shithole town. Like there's nothing. 
I don't know why this is his location of choice, like, and not, you know, a big metropolis, but, but um, so he, like, he's got this whole town um, in his grips and, and, you know, his kids are like his little lackeys, but there's a moment towards the end when the hobo like kind of tracks him down, trying to crawl away in the street. And the Drake actually almost seems to like the hobo. Like, he's like, if you just hadn't killed my son, I would, you know, actually respect you. You know, you're, mm. You're getting out there and doing it and make it you made things more interesting <laughs> like it's yeah. a, it's almost a whole thing is like a a movie to the to the drake it's like the whole thing is for his own entertainment in a way and like all these townspeople gather they're all watching this scene like a show it's almost like i already know the answer to this before i ask it but did you guys ever see shock treatment the sequel to rocky horror no 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 there's a sequel to rocky horror there is a I sequel didn't know that. yes and yeah it's called shock treatment and it's kind of this it's kind of like that Truman show concept where like these people's daily lives are like reality entertainment and all the townspeople they're just like sitting in these you know like um Jerry Springer style like risers you know in an audience like watching people's dramas play out and so it almost it reminded me of that kind of um you know the whole thing is just for like somebody's entertainment so uh, you know what this movie felt like to me escape from new york like it was this like yeah. purgatory type thing for criminals. I could see the I could see the comparison. Like a stranger comes into town, yeah, kind of mystery to him. Um, Tries yeah. to clean it up. Take out and... like certain members of this gang in order to get to like the uh, the 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 main bad guy, the Drake. Um, I also do like like you said that the Drake does kind of respect the hobo, uh, like how efficient he is at, at his killing and stuff yeah. like that he said, like I, he just wishes like you just didn't mess with my sh- my shit like he would have been a great addition to my gang um almost it's almost like like with the way the joker like admires the batman you know what i mean like because he adds a level of chaos to um gotham you know what i mean like the two of them are yin and yang a little bit right. and i do love that moment where the hobo finally kills drake but not before dropping uh this gem of dialogue you and me are going into a. We're going on a car ride to hell, and you are riding a shotgun. I just, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it's cool because like there's this showdown where like all the corrupt police have shown up, and they're like, "We're gonna blow you away, hobo, if you fucking kill Drake." And then he's like, "Well, I'm gonna kill Drake anyway. Like I, I have nothing to live for. You know what I mean?" And he probably thinks that maybe Abby's gonna die because like her arm's been fucking mauled by the. Uh, the lawnmower and she's bleeding out but he decides to kill the drake and the cops shoot him but what the cops aren't uh planning on is that the civilians that have been inspired by the hobo they come up over the top and they start shooting down on the cops so it's basically like at the end of this movie even though we don't get a proper ending i feel like you know everybody kind of got their comeuppance and like they're probably going to rebuild the city anew you know what i mean like the civilians will take over and kind of because they got rid of the main gang and they got rid of the corrupt cops or the majority of them that have shown up. And so at some point they might, you know, rebuild the city in the vision that they see it maybe. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what the plague's going to end up doing, but I kind of, I got to watch that extended ending now. Alternate Mm -hmm. ending. Is there one? Yes. That said there was, I I watched it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Was it good? It's very short, but it basically just shows that she turns into one of them. Oh, Abby does. I kind of dig that though. Yeah, that would have been a cool ending. I mean, what else does she do at this moment? You know what I mean? She's like, 
Because Heisenberg, you brought it up, man. This movie ends very abruptly. I mean, it's just it like, does. this is not a long movie by any means. It's very tight. Uh, the hour 30, maybe? Mm-hmm. I'm sure that, mm-hmm. yeah. And but, so, I mean, like, you her screaming her head off because the hobo just got killed. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that was it. And then all of a sudden you see Rucker Howard. He dies. Yeah. yeah. And we yeah. see the gun. Like, yeah. we're, and that's we get it. to see the gun, which is like his main, you know, thing. Mm-hmm. I feel like we could have had sequels or like prequels to this movie, too. Like, Hobo with a Golf Club or. i don't know like he's done this in other cities he just he just goes from from city to city on the train and just cleans them up and moves on that's hilarious gathering lawn equipment a weed whacker in one city a lawnmower in the other it's never too late never too late i loved what they did like i I like the fact that they kept with the trailer from the grindhouse movies like the fake trailer because it was very similar to this movie. I mean, I, I didn't actually watch the trailer to this one. I watched the fake trailer and it was very similar. I mean, it was like, it, it, it was like almost eerie that it was just like, oh my God, this is exactly the same, except a, the, a different actor. So, yeah. And they changed out the shotgun from what I understand. They, they, they gave him a 12 gauge and so it was a 20 gauge or something like that in the trailer. Oh, a 12 grade yeah. gauge. 12 gauges are more cinematic anyway. They yeah. just look cooler <laughs> in movies. I did like the way Abby's like like made it a sawed off, but put the axe on it. That was pretty cool. Yeah, mm. she was, she was like, like I said, she was like very ash, very ash. I love the way he like pumped it too. Like he was just like he just like raised it in the air and then like raised it back down. It was like done. It wasn't like a, a a pumping motion like you see in a lot of movies. It was sort of like he would just pick it up and then bring it back down, and it was like pumped. Yeah. Well, that that's we've kind of gotten to through the ending and everything. Um, do you all have any more major observations or points you want to make before we give our individual reviews? I do want to say that after our conversation, my score has gone up significantly because oh, it yeah. is it is a fun movie. So like I told you at the beginning, it was kind of a flaccid fuck for me. But this is actually a fuck movie. So, OK, I'll say that. I, I love the cl- like the close ups of Rutger Hauer as a he'd like delivers his dialogue and just like spits out like he's spitting while he's like talking like i just he's i feel like it's it's part of my review but he just i think he gives a lot to this film which could be seen as like a paycheck you know what i mean it's a fucking grindhouse film it's an hour and 25 30 minutes of just Mm -hmm. like crazy gore and he's an established actor at this point like he doesn't have to do this movie but i feel like he did this movie because he saw the vision that the filmmaker yeah. had and he was like yeah i'm fucking mm-hmm. i'm i'm down with it and uh, you, it what does, do you want me to chew on glass fuck yeah i'll do it i agree i, I it looks like a passion project for him like he, he yeah. very much enjoys what he's doing and i think it i think it shows in his character like he's a yep. he's a likable character he's not just like agreed you know some random dude that you just watch for an hour and a half and you're just like okay well like i think it sticks with you long enough where you're just like yeah the hobo is like a cool character maybe we don't get a ton of character development with him but i mean this kind of film is not meant for a ton of development to be honest like it's a slice of life sort of thing he came into town he cleaned up and that's it yeah mm-hmm. all right so, yeah, well get into our review yeah all right well hydraberg this was your pick so why don't you go first my friend oh yeah so uh a couple pros i like the zaniness of the film it just works for me like i said i love the grindhouse nature uh, the aesthetic of it all um I think they just do a good job like they know what kind of film they want to put out and there's no apologies for it um and they hit the mark the the filmmaker definitely hits his mark i think uh i just i i dig it 
I dig what kind of film it is. Uh, director uh, Jason Eisner. Um, and he's done some other films of this nature. Sort of seems like his motif, if you will. Um, and I like that. I kind of like when, when a director just knows what they like and they go for it in every film. And, you know, I don't I don't begrudge people for that. Like, the, you don't have to necessarily grow out of your, your comfort zone sometimes. Like, yeah, it's fine to push your limits, but... If you know what you're into and you and you hone that technique, then fine. Then, then you're just putting out cool films in those genres or those subgenres. Like I dig that. Um, I love Rodger Howard's character. I think, and I I just think, like I said, I think he gives he gives a good amount into that character. He gives uh, as far as acting goes. Like there's not a ton to chew on, um, but I think he just does well with the character that he has. There's not a ton there, but uh, the gore is really good. It's explosive and very bloody, and I just dig that. There's also a really cool synth score that I thought plays out throughout the film in moments that I just I really I really enjoyed. Uh, I was surprised, actually, how much I enjoyed this this score, because a lot of times it's overlooked in a film like this. It's cheap, Um, but the the score plays out through the credits and stuff. And I just I I dig it. It was a good choice. Uh, The acting's not very good, Um, but some of that's on purpose, obviously. Um, Drake and Slick and Ivan, I think they could have been better like fleshed out a little bit more um, as could have the hobo as well. Um, We could, it just would have been a little bit better if we got a little bit more of a glimpse into them. Like the film's pretty short. We could have extended it a little bit and give me a little bit more of like, maybe show me the hobo on the train before he gets to this town. Maybe show me in the last town or something. I don't know, just a little bit more with the hobo or, or a glimpse. Maybe he's got something in his wallet where we see a glimpse into his past more or something. He looks at a picture of his daughter. She's passed or he's just strange. So he like we see the attachment to Abby because of that. It's not his daughter, but he sees it's like a surrogate daughter. Something I don't know, anything like that. That that would have just helped fleshed out the character a little bit. But I get like you don't really get those in these kind of films. Um, and I just think like as cool as Drake was, um, he was he was a sharp dresser. I'll give him that. I like the black and white. But like him and Ivan, they were just so like they were kind of two dimensional. Uh, but I get that like they're sort of like those kind of villains that we see in like trauma films and stuff like that. So like it it does work for the film. So it's not a huge. Uh, dang, honestly, it's just like a little nitpick for me as far as a, a, a watcher. Um, uh, some of this film is just nonsensical and the ending is abrupt as shit. But, you know, I don't know. It's hard to ding it for that because that is sort of like that's sort of what these films are like. The, they're not like 100 percent put together like a normal, you know, Hollywood film. Like it's a DIY project and they do a great job. The gore is fantastic. Like the editing is good. The cinematography is all good. Like it's I've seen films with more money look worse. So mm. I got to give him credit for that. It's a dumb film, but it's fun. You know what I mean? And uh, with that said, I'm going to give Hobo with the shotgun from 2011. I'm going to give it six out of ten pawn stars. Uh-huh. <laughs> nice. All right. Hyderberg says six out of ten pawn stars. Cool. All right. Mr. Seth, our esteemed guest. Would you like to go next? That almost sure. ran. Um, I like your I, lighting. I, I, you look, I like oh, it. it's it's just uh, the sun is going down. So it's, I'm starting Maybe. to get some more of the lighting from the movie. Oh. Uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of cheesy, terrible movies. Uh, if you listen to my podcast, you, you'll understand that immediately. Uh, Kung Pao being one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh so I'd like to reflect on a few of these dialogue choices. Mm. The the police chief saying welcome to fuck town mm. or uh, the hobo saying I'm going to sleep in your bloody carcasses tonight. 
That's actually one of my favorite songs. Won't you take me to Fucktown? <laughs> <laughs> they played it at every middle school dance I ever went to. Mm. Mm. Uh, oh, what was uh, now? Slick. Slick saying, uh, please don't shoot my dick off. I'm young. I have too much fucking left to do. I mean, he's not wrong. <laughs> he's not wrong. Especially that kind of person. And uh, just one more. The, uh, the Drake, just before splitting that dude open with the bat, he has a very inspirational quote saying, when life gives you razor blades, you make a baseball bat covered in razor blades. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Makes total yeah. sense. Uh, Where's the live by? <laughs> so, just being a grindhouse movie, it was uh, completely in my wheelhouse. I'm a big fan of the movies, um, exploitation as well. The '70s, '80s exploitation. It's all um, the the they're gonna go right into my favorites. So, I think I think I'd give this one a seven out of ten Pawn Stars. All right, seven out of ten Pawn Stars from Seth. Very good. All right, John, what about you? Well, like I said, uh, at the beginning, I was just I, I was very lukewarm on this movie. Um, but I think the one word that we've all used so far, this is a, an exploitation film. The acting doesn't have to be good. I don't need a backstory on all these people. I mean, you got such generic names, Slick, Ivan, Hobo. What's his name? I, I don't know. Abby. That's a pretty pretty normal name. What's the chief's name? I don't know. There's a... You know, pedophile Santa Claus. He's a pedo Santa Claus. Um, actually, this movie is really fun. Uh, the fact that the gore is all practical says a lot. I mean, this movie is in 2011. And even if you're on a low budget, you still use some CGI. And this guy did not. Um, Rucker Hauer, I mean, he's a, he's, a, he's a gem. I mean, any movie that he's been in, he's fantastic. Uh, just I, I'll, I'll send you back to the 80s and go watch Blade Runner. Yeah. I mean, his monologue, top notch. Mm-hmm. Um, like Tears in the Rain. Like Tears in the Rain. Exactly. Um, I don't know, man. I, they, they, you guys are really talking me up on this movie. But the, the one thing that just keeps popping into my head, this is an exploitation movie. You don't need anything. But the, the use of color and everything was beautiful. The acting was not good. I mean, nobody's winning an Academy Award here, but it was just, it was fun. It was just dumb fun. And it had that horror element to where you're just like, yes. You know, I at the beginning, you're kind of like, no, this is just more of an action exploitation. But then you got the, you got the plague that came in, you know, Dark Helmet came in, which was <laughs> awesome. Um, so I... And Jacqueline, I'll let you have your turn. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give this also with Seth. I'm gonna give this a seven out of ten Bond stars. Okay. Oh. Wow, I didn't expect you to go that high given your initial. I, I told you it went way up. I was thinking five, but like us talking about it, I I got a little more excited about it. So seven. All right. Cool. Jacqueline, how about you? How, how do you feel about Hobo with the Shotgun? So I actually have a lot of thoughts about this movie. So when grindhouse you know the the pair of movies came came out in the in 2007 with all the fake trailers um i remember reading a lot about it at the time and quentin tarantino said that one of the his goals with robert rodriguez for the this collaboration was to make a couple of um like grindhouse exploitation movies like the best ones that never existed so he said that something that they kind of talked about when they were envisioning this project was that like Back in the day, 
you know, he and Robert Rodriguez, they were young children during this time period of the, you know, the 70s. And they would see these really exciting looking posters for grindhouse type movies and or they would see these trailers and stuff that would make them look really awesome. And they said, but more often than not, you'd actually go to see the movie and the actual movie was a real letdown. Like the most exciting thing about it was the poster or the trailer, but really they just ended up being kind of bland or boring and they never really like delivered the goods. And so their goal with the Grindhouse Project was to deliver the goods. And I think that this movie, so I think Grindhouse does that, you know, the Death Proof and Planet Terror. But I think this movie also does that. It has all the stuff that makes these trashy exploitation films fun and charming, but it also follows through and actually delivers the goods that are sort of promised to you in you know the trailer or of you know an exciting poster i personally i have an absolute blast watching this movie with the -the over-the-top characters the -the over-the-top gore the -the over-the-top colors over-the-top everything it's never boring it's almost always exciting it's often hilarious and it doesn't overstay its welcome it's only i think an hour and 24 minutes long so just like it, it goes fast and to me it's just a super fun ride um there was a little review that I read, um, it was from the Boston Globe. The reviewer wrote that although it revels in the trash aesthetic of 70s trash cinema, from its oversaturated colors to its intentionally bad acting, well, like, what's the problem with any of that? The film illustrates a modern B-movie principle. If you set out to parody junk, you will more than likely end up with junk. (laughs) I disagree with that. Um, I would argue that this movie has real heart I think on the filmmaker's part, there, you know, his dedication to using practical effects, like you said, John, that's important and it says a lot. Um, his obvious affection for the real grindhouse movies of the 70s, and also the good at heart characters. It's definitely not deep, but there are characters who are fighting for what's good and pure in the world and for, you know, the good in humanity. And I think that when the hobo dies at the end, I think it's a tragedy. It's like, mm-hmm. it's, I think it, it really does come off as like an emo- uh, emotionally affecting. And I, I kind of said this before, but I think everything in this movie is on purpose. Like everything that seems, you know, quote unquote bad in this movie, like the bad acting or this or that, or the, you know, kind of choppy storytelling or abrupt ending. I think it's absolutely on purpose to kind of um, imitate that style from that time period. I think the filmmaker is very self-aware. I think it's paying homage and poking a little bit of fun affectionately at the same time. I think this movie successfully does exactly what it sets out to do and is exactly what it sets out to be. So for me, all in all, I think it is fantastic movie junk food, period. I love this movie. I think it rocks. Um, I give it nine out of 10 Pawn Stars. Whoa. Wow. Yeah. Whoa. I love it. I love this movie. <laughs> I didn't anticipate that. I'd also like to change my score, I think, on the fly. I think I'm going to give it a 6.5. Okay. I think it's a little low. And I think the conversation, because I had a six originally, but I do think that the conversation has, um, I don't know, like it, like you said, they, they set out to do what they did and they, they achieved that. And so I got to give, uh, you know, points for that. Well, I'm I curious think- from Seth. Seth, would you watch this multiple times or have you? I feel like he already has. Yeah, I, I've seen it three times now. Have you? Um yeah, I, I just did a second watch earlier uh, today because um, the first time I, I wasn't fully paying attention, it was with uh, um, my girlfriend and, and her dad. And you paused so. it. Her dad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that wasn't awkward at all. No, no, no. It's, 
<laughs> yeah, he's not if he's, he's crazy. Yeah, he's crazier than me, so he loved it. That's oh, awesome. Nice. That's awesome, actually. <laughs> Might have been a bonding experience. Mm, you know, absolutely. the one thing that I do really enjoy about this film is that the entire time that the hobo is walking around town and he's got his weapons, not once did he carry him around in a fucking trash bag. Because <laughs> that's no, unrealistic. That's not realistic. Yeah, Even a hobo <laughs> knows not to carry his shit around in a trash bag. He had a real bag. But yeah, he was the he was the protagonist, not the antagonist. Antagonists uh-huh. use trash bags. Mm-hmm. Seth, uh, yeah. I mean Seth. Uh, art is both in that film. There is no. I mean, I, I guess. Are yeah. you kidding me? What? But it's weird because like he's the antagonist, but he's the one that everybody paid money to see anyway. So it's like, <laughs> okay, story wise, yeah, he's the antagonist, but he's the one that everybody's rooting for. So he's sort of the protagonist in everybody's eyes. Yeah, that's the way I felt about that. The second movie. one, maybe not as much, because there's a, there's a defined salt in antagonist. That that's, that's a better anyway, point. That's a different film, but... <laughs> that's not the film we're reviewing right now. Mm-hmm. Sorry. <laughs> I was just glad not to Seth, don't bag. ask him about the trash bag. Don't worry about it. Oh, we've already had a conversation. Knows about the trash bag. This is going to be the new Rob Zombie. Seth you know knows that the trash bag has magical properties. That's why it doesn't work. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. All right, well, you guys want to hear a little bit of trivia? Sure. Fuck yeah. All right. I don't have a ton, but what I have, I think, is pretty good. Let's see. Um, so this we kind of already covered. Hang on. I got to sneeze. Don't cut this out. Maybe not. Maybe I don't have to sneeze. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it always happens. Um, okay. So, um, first of all, Achoo. it was our idea to cut holes in his hat and use that as a mask. Oh, that was funny. That was a funny oh, yeah, when scene. When he shows up and he's got the shotgun in his mouth, he's like trying to distract him. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Still had the blood dripping out of his mouth. I, I like that. that yeah, because he cut and... his gums. Was it cocaine? Yeah. Or was it like a, a fictional drug? I wasn't sure. I, I don't know. It, <laughs> I think it was coke. I think it was okay. coke. Um, I think we all talked about how much we enjoyed the color saturation, um, mm-hmm. the the appearance of the film. It says uh, while shot on red epic red epic camera, the film was digitally post processed in order to make it look like it was shot on color reversal stock cross-processed in negative chemicals which results in highly saturated shifted colors i don't know what any of that means but the color looked good so yeah it sounds like the film knew what they were doing though yeah it sounds like 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 maybe the dp or something like that said hey let's film it normal and then we could maybe that that was all the post-production stuff because you said the practical effects are all or or all the gore effects were practical right yep 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 uh the bulk of the movie was shot with a handheld camera that was cool Mm. Uh, okay, so this I thought was funny. So in the Grindhouse, in the in the um, fake trailer that was made for this movie for the Grindhouse collaboration, uh, the hobo was played by the actor David Brunt, not Rutger Hauer. Yeah, and so he David does Brunt, have a trash bag. What? He does have a trash bag in that trailer. Anyway, he was so he was supposed to play the lead in this movie in the the real you know feature film. However, he disappeared for weeks and. W- when he was eventually found, he admitted that he had purposely disappeared as he was too fearful of carrying a film by himself. The producers consoled him with a cameo role instead. I'm sorry, why didn't this man just say no thank you? Like yeah. nobody was <laughs> holding him at gunpoint. Can't you just say I'd no just thank rather dis- fake my own disappearance instead? Like, are you gonna no, I don't want to be in the movie? Goodbye. Because you don't want to do this. Like when you could just take two seconds and say no. Anyway. No, Okay, sounds As like a, a crossover movie. too. G Baby and Wax and the Porpoise are going to cover his disappearance on their next episode. Oh, nice! Wax and the Porpoise for a week. <laughs> yeah, was he the bum fight guy? 
he was one of the police he was one of the dirty cops and in fact okay. he's the one who screams that when he's like you're a dirty cop he's like we're all dirty cops that's him checked out so uh it was shot in 24 days it's pretty cool whoa yeah uh okay so oh i thought oh my gosh this is probably my favorite pe- favorite piece of trivia for this movie all right <laughs> For the scene in which Logan, so like one of the first scenes where Logan, um, the Drake's brother, is decapitated, one of the bystanders is played by a formerly blind man who had recently had corrective surgery. So one of the first images that he saw as a newly sighted man. Oh my God. Decapitation <laughs> and the bikini lady of blood. I mean, oh, hey, if you're going to watch something for the first time, seeing a hot chick in a bikini <laughs> bathed in blood is... <laughs> Probably up there, right? I should have played White Snake. Right, Here guys? I go right? again on my own. Yeah, right. So yeah, that was my favorite piece of trivia, and that was that was it. That was the last bit. That's I funny. Had. That was great. Good job, Jacqueline. <laughs> Newly <Thank> sighted. <laughs> it's like, wow, what a thing to see when you get your eyesight back. <laughs> I'm blind. I get it fixed. Nice. <laughs> there you go. Seems like a logical, logical choice. You should have been topless. <laughs> not the mountains, not saying. the ocean decapitation yep hobo with a shotgun makes sense okay <laughs> well, that, that's it for hobo with a shotgun that was great y'all thanks that for, was a uh, lot of fun holy shit that was fun seth uh you were awesome thank you so much i'm sorry if we could <laughs> a little bit uh, i'm just here to be a pretty face for a listening audience you you do have a pretty face <laughs> he, oh, he's, you do you really do thank you <laughs> too bad we're an audio podcast <laughs> world will never know um well i guess he's, dirty. he's got a real pretty mouth trust me what wow <laughs> what what i appreciate that I was- <laughs> <laughs> uh so yeah but if you want to see seth's pretty face go check out his youtube channel too yep. uh, next week we have i think another fun treat up for everybody it's john's pick next week john what have you chosen for next week and it's schlocky well, yeah, we're keeping it schlocky for sure. We're going back to the wonderful, the, the year of our Lord, 1984. <laughs> and we have done a trauma film before. I think maybe two. Just one? Yep. Two. Two? Technically. One right, of 1984, the Toxic Avenger. Ooh. Nice. The Toxic Avenger. Yep. The yes. first one. Yes. Awesome. Very first one. On yep. Tubi. It wonderful. is on Tubi. Actually, they're what? all on Tubi. What would we do yeah, without... I shudder to think. Yeah, so like if you Shudder's like a great fun, station too. I shudder. You can watch that. the that second, the third, the fourth. There's uh the cartoon series is on there. No, we're doing the original. We're doing the no, original. I'm just saying, like if, you, if you're into it, you can you yeah. can catch the rest on there as well. You can hit no, up all the series. I might do a deep dive now that we're gonna watch this first one. I might watch the second, third, and fourth also before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh yeah, so Toxic Adventure. I think it's sort of a, a classic in some ways. So I'm looking forward to covering <laughs> It's going to be super fun. So check that out on Tubi next week. In the meantime, if you want to share your thoughts about uh, the Toxic Avenger or Hobo with a Shotgun uh, or your thoughts on ceiling construction and, you know, bodies hanging from it, you can email us at a cut above horror review at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at cut above horror. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at a cut above uh, dot horror underscore review. And Seth, I know you said that, yeah, it's a little bit of high edit hiatus for your podcast but where can they find you uh just the binda podcast on apple spotify uh, and i think we're on google and um same for on instagram 
It's a bean dub pod. There you go. And uh, follow us on Facebook, a cut above colon horror review. And don't forget, forget to give Seth bean dub podcast, the five-star reviews and uh, or ratings and give us the five-star ratings on iTunes and Spotify. I also have two quick promos. I just want to uh, boast okay. about uh, Seth. You were recently on creature comforts from straight chill on their YouTube uh, special. So you two only you were on an episode for a pick uh, movie you picked, right? What was it? Enemy. It, it was Enemy. It was a Denis Villeneuve movie. Oh, oh! I, I have not seen that movie yet, and it's on my list. I'm going to watch it pretty soon. I enjoy his films a lot. This is mm-hmm. a wild one. Yeah, so I want to check it out. But I, And I have to check out your appearance, too. So I'm going to I'm waiting to watch the film first. Now you and can see also, how pretty his mouth is. Absolutely. Go there. Uh, yeah, don't, don't quote me on that, but it's it's pretty. Uh, so also... <laughs> Uh, check out episode 55 of Circle of Jerks uh, podcast on YouTube, where Andy, Rob, and I discuss aliens from 1986. It just released today. Oh, so sweet. I recorded that a, like a month ago, but they just released it today. Nice. So, and I drop a reach around on there, too, um, for aliens. Eating on us, Hyderberg. Well, I explained earlier that it was a reach around that I previously had written for Straight Chilling for my pick for aliens. Mm. And. I mentioned to Rob, hey, I happen to have a reach around already written for this film. Would you like me to bring it on your podcast? It's not my normal thing to do that, but it's already written. So and we're covering the movie. So and they were like, yeah, of course. So I did it. What if we cover that movie on our show someday? What are you going to do then? I don't know. It's going to be the same thing. Just use the same fucking reach around because it's less work for me. (laughs) And it's still a banger regardless. Shoddy. Shoddy workmanship. Shoddy. Agreed. Okay. Yeah. And next week's poem is going to be written by Jacqueline. She's, she's going All to write. Right. I know you can write a poem. You know, we should make do. sure you uh, include Bozo in it. Okay. <laughs> you know, I'm, we I'm curious. Yeah. One episode of a reach around off, and all three of us should write one and have like an impartial fourth party judge. Seth, I, I want you to raise your hand if you want it for Toxic Avenger for next week. Oh, no. I don't, I don't have time for that shit. This oh, week. please. Come on. Yes. Oh, my Let's, God. Uh-huh. Yes. We all write a reach around for next week. All right. So writing a reach around is one thing. Reciting it's another. Oh, I'm, I'm fine. fine. Okay. I'm a radio guy. I can do it. John can yeah. do it. All right. Yep. Maybe we should write in on and vote or like vote on social media. Who has the best one? Well, let's do it for next week. The next week is like the most cheesy movie we can ever do, right? Oh, my God. What if I just don't write a reach around? You guys can just play oh, yours. You, yeah. Let's Let's let Hyderberg pick out of Jacqueline. Oh, no, I have to write a reach around. It's Toxic Avenger. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. All right. (laughs) All right. Well, everybody tune in next week to see what happens with our, uh, you know, our our battle of the wits. (laughs) So go watch (laughs) the adventure. It's on Tubi. And then come back next week. Join us for our review of that movie. Seth, thank you again so much for coming on our show tonight. Appreciate it. I loved being here. All right. We'll see everybody next week. And don't forget to keep it creepy.